welcome to Architecture Talk Tang. I am Sara Colada, an architect and organizer of the Disrupt Symposium, the first of its kind business of architecture event, bringing to stage major architecture practices to cover topics related to entrepreneurship and practice operations within the AEC industry. I am an architecture business development consultant and my goal is to raise the financial well-being of architects through effortless business growth. Each podcast episode features an expert or thought leader from the AEC industry who shares their journey, challenges and advice. Now, let's dive into this episode and welcome our guest for an exclusive interview. Hello everybody, this is Architecture Talk Time with Sarah Colata. I'm really excited because we're starting the new season and we're starting strong because my guest today is George Smart and I'm super excited to be bringing this person to you guys because George has an incredible podcast called US Modernist Radio and his story is just fascinating and I really love what he's doing. Me and George, we met through a common friend and and he also invited me to speak at his podcast, which is going to be aired in the beginning of next year. So I'm very excited for this conversation. We're going to talk about how George is doing all these interesting things to preserve modernist architecture and about his journey through that and into that career. So George, thank you so much for joining me today at the Architecture Talk Tank. Oh, thank you. This is fun. I'm glad to be here. It's awesome. Tell me a little bit about how all of this started for you. Why did you decide that modernist architecture is important and that you wanted to cater yourself to it? I'd like to say that there was a lot of in-depth research and academic rigor and all of that. But my wife refers to this entire thing as a 10-year It just <laughs> came over me one dark and stormy night in January of 2007. I was looking up modernist houses in Raleigh for fun, because I was thinking about building a new house. And in the course of doing that research, I found these houses that looked familiar. And then I figured out a few hours later that my dad, who had been an architect, had taken me to a lot of these houses when I was very young, six years old. So I was having modernist flashbacks to these houses. And I I jotted them down and I hadn't seen them as an adult. So I got in the car and started driving around to see the houses. And one of the ones that I went to see right away, sadly, the best one, I think, in North Carolina had been destroyed. It was called the Catalano House. It's on the uh, homepage of our websites, U.S. Modernist and NC Modernist. It was a hyperbolic paraboloid structure built in 1954 by Eduardo Fernando Catalano, who was from Argentina and taught in the United States at several universities. He put this together as an experiment and any architect in the world in 1954 knew about this house. But sadly, over the course of the next 57 years or so, it, it got destroyed and, uh, and sadly is no more. Okay. And then what happened? How- so what happened, what happened was this list of houses I showed to a few people and they said, you know, you shouldn't have a website. And I was like, okay, I'll make a website. It'll be just for me and a few friends. 
And all of a sudden people liked it and they sent in more houses. When that got up to about 50 houses, people wanted to have a tour. So we did a tour in 2008 and about 200 people showed up. Wow. So we did more tours and I think we're on the 130th, 135th tour. Now we've taken people all over Europe, all over the United States. We're taking a group to Dubai for the World's Fair Expo in 2022. And then we have annual trips. We take people to Falling Water and Kentucky Knob by Frank Lloyd Wright. We go every year. We also go to Modernism Week in Palm Springs, which is a heck of a lot of fun in February of every year. And then in alternate years, we will take people to places like New Canaan or Sarasota or Los Angeles or New York. Amazing. So basically from originally what it was, a list of houses that you went to visit, it originated to be a website that then I'm guessing a community has grown around. Huge and community. Yes. We're now the largest website in the world for mid-century right. modern houses. We've found 5,500 houses in our state and about 12,000 more iconic houses around the United States, meaning those houses built by famous architects. Amazing. And then you started to organize the tours. Then we started to organize the tours because we became a nonprofit in 2009 and tours have become our main revenue source. Though we are getting more and more corporate sponsors that want to associate themselves with the archive. And how, how is your community finding the tours? Tell us a little bit how the experience. We learned early on that the general public first and foremost wants to have fun. Yeah. Uh, an architect going on a tour wants lots of information, lots of detail, but the average person going just wants a modest amount of detail. And then some fun dinners and some fun drinks and some other places that might be enjoyable or to do something unusual, go on a tram up a mountain to see a great modernist structure. So our tours are optimized for fun and we've attracted thousands of people to come to them over the years and it helps support the organization's documentation research. And about that, I wanted to ask you, I know that you have a huge archive. Tell us a little bit more about that research and as well as the archive. Sure. Our archive is divided into three sections. So the first section is called the master's gallery, which is a list of all the famous U.S. architects. Frank Lloyd Wright, for instance, Richard Meyer, I'm blanking all the names right now, like a hundred of them. Tom Kundig, Jim Olson, Schindler, Soriano, Craig Elwood, anybody who was published really in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. We have put together a list of all the houses that they have built and unbuilt, and then built an archive around that particular person. So for instance, Architecture Talk Tank is sponsored by the good people at Integrated Projects, a team of architects and technologists focused on the digitalization of the built environment. Did you know that there are more existing buildings in this world than websites? Yet only 0.0001% have been digitized. In response to this, the Integrated Projects team launched BIMIT to digitize any space imaginable. Offices, homes, mechanical spaces, you name it. Now any architect, engineers, or reality capture specialists 
can convert their 3D scan into LOD 200 BIM just in hours, not weeks or months. Why does this matter? Well, now we can accurately view, verify and quantify the spaces that we design, build and operate. To learn more about BIMID, visit www.integrated-projects.com forward slash Colada. We have all the Frank Lloyd Wright houses that he ever designed. We have all the John Lautner houses, all the Richard Neutra houses. So you can go on, you can see pictures of the houses, where they are, what happened to them. Some of them have been destroyed. Some of them have been restored. Some of them have been badly restored, unfortunately. And you can see the entire history of, of that. And then we use the archive as a way of planning tours to places people would find interesting. The second part of the archive is our magazine library. Starting in 2013, 2013, we began scanning U.S. architecture magazines, and we are now up to 4 million pages. So pretty much almost any magazine that has ever existed in the architecture and design space, we probably have at least some of entire issues with photos that can be downloaded and printed. You can also search them for the first time by keyword. If you're looking for a particular architect or project or so it's become very useful for people worldwide doing research. Amazing. This is a tremendous amount of work that you put into it. Do you have a whole team working with you or? Yes, we have a great team, about 10 people currently from people that work in archiving and documentation. We have a couple of photographers. We have a development director who helps us with corporate sponsors and with donors. And then we have a tour director that helps organize and put together the tours for our patrons. Amazing. So it sounds like it's a great resource. And additionally, you keep your community informed and interactive through the podcast. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the podcast. So the podcast is called U.S. Modernist Radio. We've been on since 2015. We've recorded about 240 shows somewhere around 430 guests from all over the world who want to come on and talk about some aspect of modernist design. And it's just been really thrilling to talk with these guests from around the world. About three years ago, we started featuring musical guests, specifically in jazz, because when you would go on tours to these modernist houses, more often than not, jazz would be playing in the background. So it's a great way to expose more people to this style of music and it's a great accompaniment to the architecture of course absolutely it's it sounds amazing as well i really love jazz and i think that it goes well with that specific era as well of modernist design <laughs> when we go out to palm Springs, we do like you see the movies i put on my tux and the women put on their evening gowns and we sit martinis at frank sinatra's house or kirk douglas's house that we've secured for the evening. It's pretty great. Sounds amazing. I need to come to one of those. You do. When is it again in Palm Springs? So it's in February every, every year. We have sold out all our spaces for this coming year. We have a group of about 40 that comes from around the world to be with us. We have people this year from England. We've had people from Australia, but we are already planning February of 2023. So if you're interested in doing that, people can contact me through the website. I can let them know what's all about. 
That sounds amazing. I love the fact that people are traveling so far to be a part of this. I think the event alone sounds great. And I certainly did some house visits like that in London back in the day when I studied. And it's, yeah, it's been really thrilling. It's great to be able to see, especially places where people are still living in right now. They do mm-hmm. open, open door, open house, whatever they call it, for architects and people interested in the design to come in and see. It's really great to imagine people living in places like that as well, which are, you know, landmarks practically of great architects. So that's, that's really fascinating. And, you know, it's also interesting to see the different ways that people take care of their houses. I am not a purist. I don't believe that every modernist house needs to look exactly like it appeared in 1945. But on the other hand, you don't want to take a modernist house and renovated into a Spanish villa. That's just yeah. nonsense. If you really wanted a Spanish villa, you should go buy a Spanish villa. True. And did you see this kind of cases where people did that? Yes. There, there's a particularly famous case of this in Los Angeles that we joke about all the time on the podcast because this person took a perfectly wonderful John Lautner modernist house and, and made it a villa. And it just was never designed for that. Yeah. I'm also not a huge fan, except in a couple of cases, of taking a building that is, say, 300, 500 years old and building some kind of super modern structure next to it. Mm. Uh, It's hard to get that to work. For example, the one I can think of that's been the most successful is the IMP Visitor Center at the Louvre in Paris. And that really works because it's not an extension of the museum. It's really a separate underground facility for handling all the visitors exactly yeah it's almost like a sculpture you could say exactly exactly if you didn't know there was a visitor center underneath it you would go wow what's that great glass pyramid in the middle of the yeah. i wonder who sculpted that exactly you wouldn't know it's a part of a building absolutely no it's really interesting and tell me a little bit more about how the community interacts do you guys have a Facebook group or a mailing list or something like that So yes, we have a newsletter that comes out every Monday. People can access that at usmodernist.org and just click on get the newsletter. This informs people about items in the news, about different buildings and houses. All our events get publicized there so people can get tickets for that. Because we're based in North Carolina in the US, a number of our smaller events are based around us locally. But throughout the year, we will have generally six excursions to other places around the country or the world that anybody from anywhere can be a part of. So tell me, which one is your favorite modernist building? Oh, gosh. You know, I was just out in L.A. at a place called the Stahl House, which is by Pierre Koenig. It's probably the most famous house in Los Angeles. And it's a very modest 1,800 square foot or so house with glass walls up on the Hollywood Hills. And this was for a book launch about Mm. the house for a book that has just come out by Kim Cross. And standing up there in this very modest house, you know, just for a moment, I can dream it's my house. And uh, it's hard to do that sometimes if you're in one of these very showcase modernist houses that's 5,000 square feet and cost, you know, 10 million. It's hard to imagine that being your own house. So I think that's really one of my very favorites. This episode of Architecture Talk Tank is brought to you by the MGS Global Group. 
a team that provides on-demand CAD and BIM drafting, as well as renderings for architecture firms. In today's environment, with everyone experiencing a surge in projects and staffing challenges, MGS Global can deliver your drawings on time and within your budget. So why work with MGS Global? Their customer service is exceptional and they provide quality for value. They have completed over 5,000 projects worldwide, a testament to their work. Now you can focus on design and let MGS do the rest. Check them out at www.mgsglobalgroup.com. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You did a bunch of film projects as well, documentary work. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. I was very fortunate to be included in a documentary shot by Jake Gorst, who's the Steven Spielberg of architecture documentaries. He's done, I think, maybe about a dozen of them now on different architects. This one was about Albert Frey, who was from Switzerland and did a number of structures in Palm Springs. And I was one of the, the talking heads in the movie, you know, that they interspersed between the pictures, like in, yeah. in, in many documentaries. And then each year I go to the New York Architecture and Design Film Festival in New York and talk with other documentary producers. And then that becomes elements of the podcast. We'll have a show every year about a couple of those architecture documentaries. And generally, there, there are quite a few, anywhere between like a dozen and 20 new ones come out each year exclusively on architecture. And a lot more come out on design in general other types of, but we just focus on the architecture ones primarily. Because, yeah, super interesting. And for, I'm guessing that all of those things obviously give you a lot of inspiration for your guests, for the podcast, but one would think obviously modernist design is a big topic, but because most of the designers are already no longer with us, how do you find your guests and what? What's your parameters or what inspires you to invite them? Is these people that, you know, that are interested in modernists, live in these houses? How do you go about creating so much content on that topic today? We have a series called Children of Genius, where we invite the children of these famous architects, sometimes the grandchildren, to come on board and talk about typically their father or grandfather and their life growing up as the child of an architect, which is very interesting. A lot of amazing stories from those interviews. We also will talk with owners of modernist houses. We'll often talk with the architects of and explore the decisions they have to make when they're taking on one of these structures that may or may not be in very good condition when they try to bring it back to the current day or modernize it in some way. It's a real struggle. The, the owners have to decide, do I take it back to its fleet origins, the exact same fixtures and the exact same appliances, or do I try to keep the spirit of the house throughout most of it and just update, say, the bathrooms and the kitchen, which are the areas that you know technology has moved on quite a bit since 70 years ago. So those also make for interesting stories. And then we'll just find fun things to do. Like we interviewed the current owner of the Ferris Bueller house from the movie of 30 years ago and, uh, and her adventure in renovating the house 
and how famous the house still is, how people still drive around trying to find it. Wow. This is fascinating. I love that. The story aspect of it and, you know, the different interesting things that you can dig into when people start sharing. And also I love the the part where you interview the, the youth and the children of famous architects. I must dive deeper into your podcast for sure. I listen to some episodes, but out of 240, I still have to, to do some more. And I'm looking forward to dig into this. So for everyone who's listening to us, US Modernist Radio, usmodernist.com is the website, right? Dot org. Dot org. Dot org. Because, yeah, because it's a nonprofit. Right. And you can find George as well on LinkedIn. But certainly do subscribe to the newsletter and become a part of the community. I'm sure every single architect around the world can appreciate modernist. It's beautiful. It's simplistic. And still today, I think there's still a lot of inspiration within Novaday's design coming from that era. So there is certainly a lot of value there in the archives and in the community as well as the podcast. George, is there anything else to add where people can find you and how they can get in touch? Sure. So my phone number and my email are at the bottom of every page. So I'm the easiest person in the world to get in contact with. And I want to give a shout out to anybody that works for a United States library, because probably in your library, there are stacks and stacks of old, dusty, moldy architecture magazines that no one has looked at for decades that you feel very guilty about throwing away. So we can solve that problem. We'll take those magazines, we'll scan them, we'll put them online, and then the whole world can have access to them. Amazing. That's absolutely great. So thank you so much for joining me today, George. It's been a pleasure talking about your project and about all the incredible work that you're doing. And, and I hope I'll see you soon. Absolutely. I do too. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure coming back as well to, to invite new guests and to talk about new interesting things. I'm also today experimenting with a new broadcast on LinkedIn because LinkedIn granted me permission to finally broadcast to you guys just only today. So George is my first guest and wow, okay. give me a like on LinkedIn. I'm really going to appreciate that because I'm super active on LinkedIn. This is a big breakthrough for me as a broadcaster. Most of my broadcasts were always casted to YouTube and Facebook. So this is a great thing. And also for all of you who enjoy this sort of content, please go to my YouTube at Sarah Colata and subscribe because this is really where you'll find all the episodes, past episodes from this year, which there's probably over 50. And then we have two other shows there as well. So I'll see you all there. And thank you so much. Thanks, George, again. And all right. Bye -bye. until the next one. Bye. Architecture Talk Tank has its own frequency. We're not a regular podcast, but we are here for you, always. If you have a suggestion for a guest or have a story that others in this community can benefit from, please contact me via social media or email me directly at me at saracolada.com. To sign up for my newsletter, simply go to the website saracolada.com. I am on Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. 
You can find me by typing my name, Sarah Colada. Come say hi. I'm always excited when you reach out. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.